Hello guys, I'm about to interview the fascinating author of Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus, Dr. John Gray. He is going to help us understand better why smart girls are very smart but very single. If this is a topic that speaks to you, stay tuned and enjoy the interview. We are here today to interview you about your latest book, Beyond Mars and Venus. Thank you so much for taking the interview. Um, and I wanted to um, kind of um, shed a little, a little bit of light on the work that you've done. I know you did the work with your daughter, Lauren, right? She's been doing a lot of the research with you and with your latest book, Beyond Mars and Venus. Um, you explained that right now the roles are not defined and that's why we're creating chaos for ourselves. And I do have a lot of very successful, smart uh, women that are my friends and they're very single. Very smart and very single is not good for us. <laughs> right? <laughs> very smart and very single. I like that. <laughs> I like that very much. That might be a book title. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Well, this is, um, it's almost like a hashtag that we use on Instagram because we make fun of ourselves. And another thing that I have shared with all my girlfriends, we have a, a chat here with a lot of really vibrant, successful, uh, you know, businesswomen in Miami. And um, I told them the story about the vibrators. We're not supposed to be using the vibrators. We should actually look for a man. And they refuse to <laughs> agree to this. Can you please tell them what's going on with this? Explain it. Give us some clarity, please. <laughs> Well, we're jumping right into the whole thing, but uh, <laughs> we, we, all, we all need our sexual stimulation without a doubt, mm -hmm. uh, both men and women. And I think it's an evolutionary awareness for women to recognize how important sex is. Mm -hmm. Orgasms are really, really key. Mm -hmm. uh, when you use a vibrator, you're doing it yourself. So you're constantly inhibiting estrogen production. Mm -hmm. And it's estrogen production that will allow you to have the best orgasms. and uh, so that's one. Uh, I know some women who use vibrators, for example, and you know, this is a very personal thing and we don't have all the absolute statistics on it, but what happens is it becomes addictive mm -hmm. uh, because it is a highly dopamine stimulating activity. Now, dopamine is the pleasure brain chemical. So when you're using a vibrator, what's happening is less estrogens being produced because nobody's doing it to you who cares about you. Mm -hmm. It's simply a machine. Yeah. Uh, so, so what it is, it's just a pleasure stimulation. So high dopamine stimulation, what it does, it desensitizes yourself to normal dopamine stimulation. So the more you use a vibrator, the less a man's going to be able to give you pleasure. Mm -hmm. And if a man doesn't give you pleasure, you don't make the estrogen that your body needs. Wow. And for example, one woman I know uh, is... You know, she, she takes a long time with that vibrator over the years. It gets longer and longer and longer uh, and more and more times. It basically becomes an addiction. And the problem with vibrators as an addiction is that they don't stimulate and sustain estrogen levels. You will get a surge of estrogen. Okay. But then the estrogen levels will drop again because you don't have a relationship in your life it sustains that level of estrogen and you'll depend upon higher levels of stimulation in order to produce that estrogen or pleasure in sex. So you're really numbing your body's ability to be turned on to a real man. And if you can't be turned on to a real man, a man's not going to be interested in you. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's a dynamic. And let me give you the flip side of that, just so we don't feel like I'm 
leaning on women here. Men are addicted to pornography. Mm -hmm. they, yeah, it's a big topic for you, yeah. It's a big topic, and men use their hand. They don't need vibrators, but doesn't matter either way. You're doing it yourself. You're not doing it through relationship. And what happens is what's missing there is a host of other hormones that would normally go along with orgasm. For example, uh, when it, for a male, it's good that you get a kind of perspective when you see both sides of this. When a man ha masturbates to pornography, he doesn't know that woman. Mm -hmm. So there, there's no oxytocin that gets produced. Uh, he, and when you're touching yourself as a woman, you're not producing much oxytocin. It's very different. Somebody hugs you than you hug yourself. Right? I tried to hug my vibrator and it was depressing, let me tell you. <laughs> it didn't work for me. <laughs> I, I even had two and I put myself in the middle, it doesn't work. <laughs> so, so uh, when, when a woman is masturbating, she's basically going to her male side. She will get some estrogen uh, because there's a feeling of a tension building up through stimulation and then she climaxes. But the climaxes are lot, not nearly as fulfilling as when you have all the other hormones involved and more addictive. Yeah. So you get the male who goes online, it's a woman he doesn't touch, it's a woman he doesn't care about, a woman he'll never see again, a woman he doesn't know anything about. So there's no love. Mm -hmm. If there's no love, then what happens is test the, the hormones go out of balance and what you experience is a higher level of dopamine than a real woman could ever stimulate inside of you. Yeah. you experience a higher level of testosterone than a real woman could you could ever have in the presence of a real woman because mm -hmm. when you love someone that's estrogen it and when you're just thinking of yourself that's testosterone okay so what do i have to do to achieve my goal is testosterone yeah. and what can you do for me to achieve my goal is estrogen. So uh, unless you really love your vibrator, you're not getting much out of that. <laughs> I do them out after your book, okay? <laughs> I literally do them out and I tell all my girlfriends about it because I know they're in the same boat with me. <laughs> it, it also, if you don't get to use that vibrator, you're gonna be wanting a guy to do it. And the difference between even touching yourself over a vibrator, if you're gonna, even touching yourself, I mean, sometimes you need to do it to get a tension release, but it's not making love. And, yeah. but what it does, is a vibrator produces so much stimulation that touching yourself won't do much anymore. And a man can't do much anymore. So mm. you don't want to desensitize those, the, that part of your body and the brain. See, yeah. when you get high stimulation, so the male will experience this super high shot of, of dopamine pleasure, uh, higher than normal. Because if you're with someone you care about, you're going to be making serotonin, you're thinking about a life together, you're producing oxytocin because you're touching each other. You're thinking about their wishes and their needs. So you're, you're generating estrogen nurturing. So all those hormones mixed with dopamine, it keeps dopamine from going too high. And you don't want dopamine to go too high because it desensitizes your brain. That's what addictions do, is they high dopamine desensitizes you so that normal experience doesn't provide fulfillment. You become dependent upon that higher stimulation. Yeah. And you also like come off the high like a drug, right? You feel so lonely again. afterwards. You also, come off, you also come off the high as a drug, right? That, that, well, the point of that is you're actually changing your brain, but when you go high, you always go down. But then when you go down, you're now dependent upon higher and higher and higher in order to come back up to normal. Wow. You know, a lot of people who are actually on um, 
heroin, uh, heroin's unique in that people can, can function on it. They just take it to be normal. They, don't all, they no longer even get high. Without their heroin, they wanna kill themselves. And so just to be normal, mm -hmm. they have to take the drug. So just to experience normal stimulation, you're gonna to have to use your vibrator. And, a, nor and, a, and a, a man could never stimulate that much inside of you. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the, these young guys. They can't get erections with their girlfriend after three times wow. because their brain has changed where their brain is dependent upon the high stimulation of not knowing somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, and when you don't know somebody you have sex, it produces massive amounts of dopamine. And when women are doing the vibrator, it also produces massive amounts of dopamine. So they get addicted to that high stimulation. Even doing herself won't do it. And a man, heaven forbid, if you, you throw in, you know, uh, a guy, okay, where you always have some issues with anyway. So you know, <laughs> your, your vibrator has never disappointed you except when the batteries went out. Now, here, here's, the, here's, here's the other motivator when it comes to that, since, you know, we're taking this out of context, but of my bigger picture, but I love doing this with you. Uh, this is the Taoist philosophy. Now, see, I'm, I'm, I started teaching Indian sexuality, ancient Indian sexuality called Tantra. Many people are familiar with that. I taught one of the first courses in America on it back in 1979. I was teaching Tantra. And because I understood for men the importance of semen retention. I was uh, very active sexually as a teenager. Then I became a celibate monk and didn't release semen for nine years. It gave me superpowers, basically. Why am I the biggest seller in the world? Is because I retain semen. Uh, that's, I mean, that's, that's a story, let me tell you. <laughs> that's a whole nother story. Yeah. But, but even now, you know, I can have sex for hours or 20 minutes, whatever, but I can take a woman, my wife, to massive orgasms because I don't stop, okay? I stop when she's mindless. And there's an art <laughs> to this because I'm multi-orgasmic. There's a difference between ejaculation and orgasm. Yeah. And they just typically happen at the same time for men. They don't know that they can't discern the difference. Mm -hmm. So having, having said all that, that the, the, the point of that is for men, they have to be able to provide for women this selflessness, which is all about her. And men don't do that because they're addicted to ejaculation. And the more they're addicted to ejaculation, the less she can be turned on to him. Mm -hmm. Now, the flip side of that is women, because when they're stressed, it's hard to have an orgasm. A orgasm is relaxing, but you can stimulate orgasm in you by using a vibrator, because then basically you're doing it, and it's a different kind of orgasm than when you surrender to someone doing you, mm -hmm. okay, literally who cares about you and loves you. And according to Taoism, the, uh, the woman's orgasm is one of the most nurturing things for her being if a man is doing it to her. Mm -hmm. If you do it to yourself, it's just the opposite. Yeah. Or if you do it with someone who doesn't love you. Yeah. It's, it's, so I know a lot of these, uh, quote, tantric goddesses. And so as I was saying, I studied tantra for many years. Now I, I've become a master of Taoist sexuality. And the Tao- I hope you're teaching a lot of men this. <laughs> I hope you're teaching a lot of men this, please. You need to help uh, us. I, I, <laughs> We are helping the men, but we also have to help the women because the vibrator is not going to help them or be a, it's, yeah. it's training them to do it themselves. Mm -hmm. And the more you, when you get excited as a woman, you kind of know, okay, I'm, I, I get to that point where I know I could have an orgasm if I grab it and do it myself. 
-hmm. That's not the nourishing orgasm. Okay, that's just a release of tension, kind of like you become a man in that moment. I'm going to do this. I'm going to grab it myself and do it. There's a place where you allow someone to do it to you. It's vulnerability. It's vulnerability. surrendering. It's opening your heart. It's literally becoming getting out of your mind completely. And wouldn't it be wonderful to get out of your mind occasionally? Yes. That's what a, that's what a great <laughs> orgasm is. Right. <laughs> now, so I, I built all this up to build a little credibility for the Dallas, Dallas system. This is a 5,000 year old system from a long time ago. Not really well known because they, and different types of systems, because they, you know, they didn't have airplanes and cars to connect the villages where these things developed over thousands of years and then it was lost. Yeah. But it has been refound in certain places. And what in the Taoist system, what they know is that every erogenous zone on your body is connected to an organ, okay, and different organs in your body. And four particular organ groups are associated with the four levels of your vagina. Same with the four levels of a man's penis. You're stimulating different organs. Now that's the four levels in the, that's four different orgasms you can have to hit your whole body. But prior to that, there's the clitoris, the fifth orgasm, the first one you generally have that most people recognize. It's actually the, the uh, uh, fifth orgasm. If you do sex according to the Taoist system, what they would want is you'd have nine orgasms to be a fulfilled woman. And only one of them, only only one of them comes from your clitoris. You see, there's if you if you take your your energy, life force energy, and you focus it to your clitoris, grabbing a, a a vibrator will put it all down there. So now all your life force energy goes to one organ, and that organ that's associated with the orgasm of the clitoris is your kidneys and your adrenals. And they associate the kidneys, adrenals sit just a little tiny thing on top of your kidneys, and you know, this is acupuncture and their whole, the whole system of different points on your body. And then this is sexual acupuncture we're talking about. And they say, if, you, if your only orgasm is your clitoris, you're going to weaken your kidneys. Oh, wow. If you weaken your kidneys, you will, over time, you become, you have adrenal burnout, basically. So you see all these women are burnout, basically. They're all saying, I'm tired, I don't sleep well, I'm exhausted, I'm stressed. Also, the stress hormone, that's a, it's the adrenals is really, really key thing for feeling energy and well-being and pepped up. So you get adrenal burnout by too many clitoral orgasms. If you don't have the whole nourishing thing, you see, you, you want to treat holistically the body. So you go right to the clitoris. What happens is the, the uh, kidneys become overstimulated and the kidneys regulate water in your body. Okay, that's their big, one of their big functions. And so women who masturbate a lot quite often have water retention in their hips and thighs. I didn't even know that. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, you can, it's sort of my own, you, nobody knows this stuff, okay? I but, think so, massages for this. I didn't know it was coming from that. <laughs> say that again? I get the draining massages, the lymphatic massages, because I usually... Oh, you um, hold on to water. You can hold on to water that way. Wow. You'll see this, you know, some of the anecdotal, I mean, I have clients where you get to know the personal experiences of people. And, you know, I, once I build a safety up that people know I'm not coming on to them sexually or anything, the, <laughs> I can find out their sexual habits, which is, and you, you see the, the women who masturbate a lot. In my experience, over 40 years of counseling, tend to start having big weight issues and they can't control their weight. Now, having said that, I want to be considerate here. Some people could have weight issues because they've been raped. That's a big common thing. 
because mm -hmm. uh, they're just uh, afraid of being beautiful on one level and there's a trauma in their sexual area. Another one is they just have bad eating habits. You know, they got addicted to food as a way to suppress feelings. So you've got suppressing feelings or suppressing feelings of childhood or invasion, rape, trauma, whatever. And then the, the, the other is just over masturbating. And they can also go to, together because quite a lot of overweight women, because they, they're not attractive to, to many men in our society, uh, they don't have a sexual partner, so they masturbate a lot. So it all kind of goes together. <laughs> it's like a snowball effect, right? You get stuck and then you're in the wheel. And once you're in the wheel, it's really hard to get out. In an in a, in a energetic level, do you think by doing it ourselves, are we telling the universe that we don't need a partner that's white? we are very smart and single <laughs> well on the law of attraction that's also clear okay so basically there's some truth to that whole thing about unless you feel the need you're not motivated yeah and right now if you don't trust men you don't feel the need for men you can't need someone unless you feel you can trust men and if you can't trust men often it's because if you're already on your male side, you're not gonna be able to appreciate men because that's your female side that can appreciate men. So you're easily disappointed, which reinforces why you should not, never trust a man. So, and, <laughs> the wheel again. It's a wheel again. Everything becomes a wheel, the nature of things. And, and so, go ahead. I wanted to ask you something because you've been doing this for a really long time. Why do women, we have such a hard time, I mean, not me personally anymore because I've done a lot of uh, therapy after my divorce last year, but why do we have such a hard time saying we need a man? A lot of my successful girlfriends, they cannot say those words. I don't, and I, and I watched your video that you just posted five hours ago uh, between the need and the want in the YouTube. It was amazing. <laughs> and I don't understand why we have such a hard time saying I need and I want a man. I need and I want a man. Do you know anybody? <laughs> How come girls have such a hard time saying these words, right? Right. The reason they have a hard time saying those words is we now live in a culture that dismisses and validates uh, femininity. Mm -hmm. It judges femininity as weakness. And ironically, it's the very women who say we're for women's rights and equality that do that the most. Mm -hmm. because it's because, you know, and, and rightly so. I mean, it started with men being dismissive of women's feelings. And mm -hmm. then women that felt women felt unsafe to be dependent on a man. Therefore, they have to do it themselves. Yeah. You know, we live in a very stressful world. You know, some people think, no, 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 the past was more stressful. And I say, you didn't live in the past. I, I've been down to Amazon. I've lived in cultures where people are, uh, don't have any modern conveniences and their lives are slow. They're, they're so relaxed. I'm from a farm in Peru, so it was very slow. My, my grandma's yeah. life was very slow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When, life, when life is slow, cortisol levels go down. Period. Yeah. Even if, let's say you, you're, you live in a castle and, and you're being attacked by an army and there's a siege that goes on for six months. You know you're going to die in six months. It's six months from now. and it, Nobody's that stressed, you know? You just accept you're going to be doomed. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> it, exactly. It, it's not emergency. There's nothing we can do. We just have to sit and wait. So it's, it's literally the slowness of life has gone away and that has raised our stress levels. Now, when cortisol, cortisol is a stress hormone. When cortisol goes up, what happens to women is they become masculine. When cortisol goes up, men become feminine. Mm -hmm. Now, we don't really see men as feminine because the symptoms of them, although we see it so much in Japan where the men have become so feminine that they're soft, they're very mm -hmm. soft. Yeah. Uh, 
they're just like, not all, not all, but it's a phenomenon. They call them soft men. Here we call them sensitive guys. But yeah. basically, uh, they get angry easily. They're very loving and nurturing. They're on their female side, but they can also become very angry easily. Needy. needy. I was married yeah. to one. <laughs> yeah. This is a sensitive man. He's needy. He becomes irritable. He's demanding. He's passive. He's controlling. Nothing's good enough. Controlling. And nothing's ever good enough. He's become yeah. a woman who's dissatisfied. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I, now I notice the difference because I've been doing a lot of the shifting into my feminine finally and trying yes. to slow down. I believe the woman can become more by doing less, you know? And it sounds very simple, but it's very hard to do, right? Yes, yes. It, um, you know, we could even take it out of the context of do more. Uh, it, it's more like have more and do less, okay? You, you, you can have so much more by doing less if you're a woman. Yeah. Men, we have to do more in order to have more, yeah. okay? There's a, actually, you can do more if you have less if you're a man uh, and be happier. You know, for us, it's not about receiving. It's truly masculinity is about being successful in giving. Yeah. But to feel successful in giving, we're dependent upon women to let us know we did a good job. Exactly. And we need women, you, we want you. <laughs> pardon? We need you, we want you. What, what, what do you say in the book? Uh, appreciation, trust, yeah. right? And there's a third yeah. one. Trust and appreciation and acceptance. Yes. And, and those are just categories. You know, admiration is a, is a form of appreciation. Mm -hmm. But respect is something men have to learn to give to women. Yes. And it's something women have to give to themselves. Mm -hmm. Respect. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a big misinterpretation. Every book I, I read it, I was just reading a book, uh, a, a, an article by another woman who was so like saying everything I say, you know, it was so wonderful teaching women how not to try to be so bossy at home or complain at home. And she said, all you need for men is just, you know, uh, I forget what the other thing she said, two things, but she said, just respect them. And it's not respect men. If you respect a man, only if you appreciate him. <laughs> see, it's the appreciation. If you don't, if you do something, see, when you do something for someone, uh, I'll give you an example. I'm working really hard on a book. I'm tired. I go upstairs. And my wife, I live in an office, my office is down here. I go up to the house and she brings out a bowl of hot water and salt. And she says, here, soak your knuckles in here. Cause you know, I'm typing all day. My knuckles get sore. I do like 12 hours, da, 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 like nonstop. And, and she looks at me with compassion. And what she just did is she respected me. She honored me. And, uh, and I felt so loved. But why did I feel so loved? Her honoring me was because she appreciated me so much to do that. Mm -hmm. See what she even said to me at that time, she put the bowl out there and like that. And, and I felt like, you know, a soldier going to the nurse, you know, I fought my battle and now my wounds are being licked, so to speak. And it was a very sweet moment. But then what made it sweeter is then she said these magic words. She said, oh, I'm so glad that I don't have your job. Yeah. Do you see the, did you get the distinction there? She, but what I hear as a man is she's so happy that I do the things she doesn't want to do and doesn't have to do. Exactly. That's what men, that gives me relevance. That gives me meaning in my life. But when you're going around as a woman going, oh, I have to do this, I have to do this, I have to do this. That just says to a man, he has failed and you become less and less attractive to men and unhappy yourself. So it's literally when women can find happiness within themselves, but not through their vibrator. 
But yeah. you, <laughs> you, when it comes to sexual stimulation, uh, we, we can cover this point since we started with the vibrator. And I know many women have this big problem with their you know, water retention, gaining weight, thighs getting bigger and bigger. And of course, we're all saying we need to learn to love our bodies just the way they are. You know, there's something called a healthy body is beautiful and unhealthy body is not as beautiful. Mm -hmm. Maybe yep. the heart is beautiful, but you know, we really need to recognize, we are different body types, but we are an overweight society and we're all dying right now of COVID because we're so overweight. Yes, That's a major content, major content, other, other than taking five different pharmaceutical drugs makes you more vulnerable to yeah. uh, think you lost some weight. <laughs> I but, heard in the video, you did the fasting and you lost some weight. Oh, I'm, I'm on day 18 right now. Amazing. Uh, I, I stabilized at my ideal weight. I'm going to do 30 days. I'll occasionally take a day off. You know, Saturday I took a day off, had dinner with my daughter. Yeah. Uh, otherwise I'm back. And, and I don't sit watching TV a lot. Mm -hmm. I did watch the, this is for, if you want to learn how to fast, don't watch TV. Very, <laughs> I don't very have a TV in my house. <laughs> What's that? I don't have a TV in my house. <laughs> oh, good for you. Good for you. You know, I was watching the, uh, the, the convention and ended up eating chips on a fast. You know, I, why? You're because sitting on the TV? Sitting in front of the TV. Oh, yeah. Oh. Will cause you very hard to stay off of your, our addictions. See, we have these food addictions, the carbohydrates, uh, if you're sitting passively in front of a TV. Because what's happening, if you're seeing something that's stressful to you subconsciously, it's stressful. Because particularly the news, everything which is new and different and dangerous stimulates high levels of dopamine, okay? And, and so that's going to produce a little adrenaline inside of you if it's negative or you feel powerless in some way or disagree with them. So when that, when that adrenaline gets produced, if you don't use up the adrenaline within an hour or two, like through physical exercise or by social interaction or making love, something to use up the adrenaline, you would, uh, sitting in adrenaline for a few hours, it turns into cortisol and cortisol doesn't go away. Mm -hmm. And cortisol pushes women to their male side and men to their female side. Yeah. So what happened is sitting there passively, passively not using my muscles, very bad for men uh, for a long time. So I spent several hours watching the convention. And so what happens then is I go too far to my female side. That brings up my addictions. See, the female side is dependent on something outside of us to make us happy. The male side is dependent on doing more to be happy. So what women do is when they're in their out of balance, they want to do more, although it doesn't make them happy. And men want to do something to make them happy but it's not accomplishing anything. They end up feeling, you know, weaker afterwards. So one of the big points that I liked about your book that, you know, would you say that uh, when a woman wants to get more and to be happy, it's better just to uh, do less. So not do more, right? That was yeah. a big, big breakthrough for me and it has helped me a lot. <laughs> good, good. It's that simple distinction is yeah. to do less, do less, do less. Another another word for doing less is allow. Allow. Surrender, allow. right? Yeah. Yeah. Allow. Just mm -hmm. allow. Let it pass. You know, like, you know, I we all have a male and a female side. And, you know, part of my income, I'd say half of my income recently just got cut. And mm -hmm. uh, that was because I had an, a, a deal with somebody uh, and they completely decided they wanted to make more money and cut me out. And the well, last thing. Yeah, it is terrible. And 
I, I, if I get upset about that, first of all, I'll get a fever blister. So I don't want to get upset about it. <laughs> That's my, one of my motivations is I don't want a fever blister. Uh, so, uh, and the second thing is I have to figure out what to do, but I have to keep coming back to, okay, I need to just allow, mm -hmm. I need to allow. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and come up with a heartfelt solution to this, which is coming up now, which is I figured out a, a, a new campaign I'm going to do. It will, replace, it will replace that income. Uh, you know, I have a staff I have to support and everything, and suddenly something like that happens. You know, and you, you, you try to be understanding of it. I'm not a doormat uh, in any way. At the same time, I won't be a doormat to lawyers. Mm -hmm. I've been in lawsuits. That's our craziness of our society is... Uh, you know, when they see my name, they're charging, you know, they're going to make the biggest lawsuit ever. I probably spent half a million dollars on a lawsuit a while back. Wow. Lost, you know. And <laughs> you were talking like, about this in the video. You have to let some things out in order for your energy to bring some things in. That's so right. That's space in the energetic field, then you can attract something new, right? That's right. You have to constantly be in a place of allowing, allowing, but making the right decision what you're going to do about something. And for me personally, people would say, oh, well, you should sue that person. And I go, yeah, I'll be spending all my time and energy fighting and fighting when the truth is I'm quite a creative person. I, I've created everything. And so I come back to trusting in my ability to create and I can create. And, you know, it, it's life. Life hits you with different bumps. We bounce back. We bounce back stronger. And that's what I've done my whole life. It's not like this is the first, I'm just not my first rodeo. Uh, <laughs> I've been cheated out of probably over $20 million in my life uh, due to fraud in different situations, just because I'm a busy teaching all the time. But see, being teaching all the time, my books, I've made that money. I didn't, nobody gave me that money to lose. I made that. So not that everybody's in that category, but we all have our losses and our gains. If we focus on losses too much, we just get more losses and more losses. Exactly. I feel like there's an addiction to problems. You know, people like to talk about like the issues and the problems too much. And then all the energy is wasted. It, they, they could create something magical and something beautiful with that same energy. And I feel like because it's easier to live like a mediocre life, it's very difficult to live an outstanding life. You know, it takes a lot of effort, discipline. You have to catch yourself not to be attached to the old, to the toxic, to the unhealthy, right? That's correct. That's nice, nicely said, very nicely said. Well, 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 some interesting points here as we're talking to your women audience, which is that uh, you can be addicted to complaining. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, there's a power in powerlessness. Let's see, see, part of our brain is, major part of our brain is like an animal, okay? We're not that much different from monkeys. We have a part of us that can use free will, but usually we don't. We just react to things and repeat behaviors that don't work that are primitive. Uh, you know, the most primitive, of course, is getting even and punishing. Uh, and that's because people, the monkeys don't know how to communicate effectively. So if, if, if you step on my foot and I go, ow, and you laugh, you don't really realize that hurts. So the only way I can get you to realize it is yell louder. And then if you still don't realize it, then I have to hit you in the foot too. <laughs> yeah. See, that's yeah. me communicating. But see, we can use words to communicate effectively if we learn how to do that. Mm -hmm. And but problem is, is victimness, which is the way you communicate. Uh, I'm not getting what I need. You start as a baby. You don't have words to so cry. Mm -hmm. And as you cry, you get what you need. 
Mm -hmm. so we all know that if somebody's crying, oh, let me let me help you, and somebody's in, in suffering, let me do something for you. So expressing emotion becomes a way to get what we need and get what we want. Yeah. But expressing and, and sadness and disappointment and anger and frustration and fear, we call those basically painful emotions or negative emotions. Mm -hmm. So we use our negative emotions to get what we want in the, in the subconscious, unconscious mind. Mm -hmm. So we have to embrace that part of us because emotions are also have another function other than getting what we need telling people we need more. They are our inner guide. They are the way our soul communicates to us that we're not getting what we need and we need to shift directions. They are communicating to us that our thinking is wrong. Whenever you're feeling pain, it's no one doing this to you. It's what you're, the way you're interpreting reality is wrong. Wrong. Mm. Something is wrong about it. Yeah, somebody can bruise me and then I feel like, oh, you hurt me, I'll, I'll, I can never trust you. Well, maybe I can trust you. I just have to let you know that there's a sore under here and I'm easily bruised. Yeah. But there, there's always something when you're, when you're in pain, it's your soul telling you, you've got to change. You've got to change. Now to the monkey, when you're in pain, it means somebody out there has to change. Mm. The part of you has free will. You're not just a reaction to everything that happens. Mm -hmm. And so you use motions as a way to get what you want. What you want to do now as a free will person is acknowledge and embrace your emotions as your soul helping you to understand what works for you and what doesn't work for you and listen to those emotions and go behind them and say what's most important to you. What do you need? What do you wish? What do you want? And let go of the negative emotion now that you know what's important to you and then go, okay, how can I get that? What's the best way to behave or interact. And if I'm not getting what I want from that place of openness, you go, well, how did I create that? Mm -hmm. So that's the other side of it is stop being a victim and recognize that we, what we say, what we do, where we place ourselves, how we, how we interact with people, we are responsible for the results we get. Mm -hmm. For example, you fell in love with a needy man yeah. because you didn't feel safe to get in touch with your own needs. Mm -hmm. That's why you I were attracted. myself, you know, I was lying to myself for so long and that became like poison to me. My hair was falling. I got ulcers, you know, because everybody's like, oh, you're an independent. You have a career. You know, you don't need a man. You don't need a man. And now I was like lying to myself. But you know what? Like after 18 months of like hard spiritual work and therapy, I need a man. I love men. <laughs> you know, they're cool. Just because I, had a, I have a divorce doesn't mean that we have to hate them. I love men. And now I'm attracting a different type of uh, caliber of men. I'm a masculine man, someone wants to take care of me and stuff like that. But, you know, it, I feel that so many women go so in their masculine, you know, they deny the need, the fact that they need to be loved. And they're like, oh, I, I, um, I can't get pregnant. You know, I don't need a man. I'm going to get like a, you know, like a sperm donor. I don't, I, don't need a, I don't need a man. But they do. They're so angry. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, they're trying to skip the steps. You know what I mean? They didn't want to like fall in love. They want to get, they didn't want to admit to themselves they need a man or they want one. They didn't want to be vulnerable. They didn't want to stay in their feminine. And now they're crying because they're so lonely, you know? And now they think the baby is going to fulfill that. But that's only one part of being a woman, you know? You also need the men to protect us. And you, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> right? Oh, what you said is absolutely so beautiful. It's important that women hear what you're saying yeah. and that you recognize that you are lying to yourself. 
that's I, I just wanted to mention again when I was watching the the uh, convention, not only the part of why the adrenaline getting produced, even though I'm just enjoying watching it, whatever, is that whenever people are trying to manipulate you, persuade you, they often omit the truth. Yeah. See, each side, the left focuses on what's good about them is everything's bad about the right. You know, it's just everything's bad about the right when you're on the left. This is all deception. You see, they're lying. They're omitting the truth. They're not looking at something. And omission, not being aware of what's true or not acknowledging what's true, denying it is a lie. Yeah. So in lying to yourself, it's a constant source of stress. And not only that, but it keeps you from being your authentic self and having what you deserve and attracting and thriving in your life. So go, going to the male side. So, you know, big thing is about need. So let's focus on that for a moment. There's, there's a, a, there's a place that makes women, you know, women want to be attractive. You look beautiful. You do your hair, you do your makeup, you do all, there's nothing wrong with wanting to look attractive. Okay. And that's we feel um, better when we look hot. We actually do. That, that's right. That's right. Depending on your value system, people have different value systems. And yeah. a man's tend to, we want to look most attractive by the car we drive and how much money we make and what we've accomplished and achieved. That's what our big thing is. Women also want that, but they also need they have to work double hard here. And, and, you know, they want to look beautiful or whatever, and all that. And that's good for them. If you feel beautiful, you're on your female side. So, one of the symptoms of women not being on their female side is that they do all this stuff to look beautiful, but they never feel beautiful enough. Exactly. Yes. So hard on themselves. Oh my gosh. And the value doesn't come from your career, what school you went to, you know, for women, at least I feel that, you know, the more achievements they have, my girlfriends are very successful, the less happy they are. <laughs> so I'm trying to help them too. <laughs> you are so good at this. Yes. The more achievement they have, the less happy they are. And the really? overwhelming, you know, they can't, they can't orgasm, like you said, because they're not relaxed. They're always on edge, you know? And for women, I think it's very important to slow down and, you know, really like enjoy. And by being happy, you know, like you said in your book, we make the men happy. You know, I didn't know the impact that it had to yeah. just feel happy in front of a man. I mean, they're like high on life when they see you like this, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. That's yeah. right. And, and when they can take credit for your happiness, they're even happier. Yeah. <laughs> but you see, you have to have a certain, you know, it's kind of like if you're shopping for a job, you want to, you want a job where you uh, feel um, that you're, you have the potential to get paid what you deserve. Mm -hmm. That's to be the job you want. So if you're not already a happy woman, there's no potential for me to make you happier. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you give what you don't have. I keep on saying that, you know, if you don't have love, if you don't have peace, abundance, there's no way you can give that in your relationship because you don't have it inside of you. Right? That's right. That's yeah. right. Uh, unless, you know, but we are drawn to people like you were drawn to your husband who wasn't the right fit for you because he was this needy man. Now, why do you get a needy man if you're a strong, independent woman? Because I you're denying, I you're, lying. Denying, <laughs> you're denying the needy part of you. Yeah. See, mm -hmm. so, I mean, the soul wants to find that part of you and love it. So you're drawn to his needy part, but that only, you're only repulsed by it because the truth is you're repulsed by your own needy side. Yeah. And, and. So now we'll look at needy. The word need is a tricky word. And you've heard me talk about, but I want to review the basics of it for people listening. And that is need is uh, the essence of love. Okay, if I, I've gone without food, uh, I need food. When I, when I need food, when I eat, it tastes so much better than normal. Mm -hmm. Okay, because if, I mean, for most people go for two days without food and you eat, it's spectacular. 
you know what I did about 12 days on water and then I did uh, have a day my daughter invited me to dinner that was the most delicious dinner you know I can remember every detail about that dinner I could go into the details of that dinner when I walk around I can see a little food I go oh look at that my appreciation for food dramatically increases because I'm aware of my need for food mm -hmm. understand that uh, all right so and and knowing need is the primary source of feeling love and love is your feminine side need is very important but one of the reasons women are afraid of need is because a man who is in touch with his needs is often unattractive to you mm -hmm. okay so therefore you think that if i have needs i will be unattractive to him and i won't be able to get the love i want <laughs> so it's like a ridiculous conclusion but it's you know, hey, if I don't like that, why would somebody like that in me? However, what you really didn't like about your husband is when men go over to their needs, very quickly they become needy. Yeah. There's yeah. a difference between needing someone. All the time. <laughs> that's right, all the time versus that. that's the needy part. But actually, uh, all the time is another factor, without a doubt. But let me go into the factor of happiness. If I'm happy and I need your help, there's no burden on you. If I'm unhappy and I need your help, then you have to do something for me and you feel controlled. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so here, here's an example. Where I, I had to try to find some example to, to make this distinction because it's really hard for women to see this. Not so hard for men to see it because it's somehow easier for us to recognize, but hard for women because it feels so similar. One day I come home and one of the things Bonnie has me do is um, when we have a party, friends come over the house, you know, we have a big house, so a lot of people come. She wants me to do decorations, which is really a five minute job. I just put streamers up and put some balloons in, you know, so, and she wants me to do decorations. And then she wants me to uh, get a ice for a, a wine jug, you know, so for alcoholic beverages and drinks and so forth, we have a, a bucket and and ice and and drinks. I'm I'm responsible for the drinks, the ice, and the decorations. Now, it doesn't take me very long to do that. Really, it's a 15 minute job. Uh, I just have to stop by, pick up some this, get the ice, and put up the decorations. So, one day I come home and the party's at seven o'clock, and I arrive at, at around seven o'clock, mm -hmm. and she throws a huge fit. I can't believe it. You're late. You don't have the decorations up. You didn't do this. You completely forgot. How could you do that? That's needy. Mm -hmm. She needed my help and I didn't provide it. So now I get punished for it. You know, now here's another example where a woman who doesn't want to look needy, but is needy. She's, I come in the door, she says, you're late, you didn't do the decorations, I had to do it myself, I did it myself, I put up the decorations, and I did everything else, okay? That's a needy woman who's denying her needy. Yes, exactly. Okay, now, the woman who is not needy, but in touch with her needs, this was her reaction most of our marriage as we got to know each other. Still, I would forget many times that we're having a party, because one of my defaults is our defects is when I focus, I go timeless. Okay, I can completely- You write a book in a month, right? And you're like super- That's right, that's right. <laughs> I just, I, I'm timeless. I'm just an energy machine, but I'm yeah. totally present and I forget everything outside of what my focus is. So this was something that was a problem for many, many years. But she 
figured it out what to do. She realized she accepted that part of me. And so because that acceptance is love, she realized, you know, John does his best. It doesn't mean he doesn't love me. It doesn't mean he doesn't care about me. It doesn't mean I can't trust him for a million other things. Yeah. He's going to be late sometimes. Okay. So that's fine. That's what love does. Love is patient. Love is forgiving. Love is understanding. Love is accepting. So she got to that place of love. So then I would come home sometimes and it's seven o'clock. I'm not there. The decorations aren't up. She's not put up the decorations. She hasn't gotten the drinks. She hasn't gotten the ice. She says, yay, you're here. We still need the decorations and drinks. Can you go get them now? (laughs) And then what happened? (laughs) And then I would go get the decoration and, and and decoration and drinks and feel loved. And then after a few years, I stopped being late and I always was there to put up the decorations and drinks. Men change when they're loved, even though they're not perfect, they want to be better. They want to be better. Yeah. But if they make a mistake and they're not loved, they just start having less and less interest in making change. Yeah. And say, so you can have more from a man. No man is perfect. And we have to get to know each other and recognize what each other's needs are. What are the buttons that upset them? What can make them happier? But men don't want to make those changes at all if you tell us to do it. Yeah. We just have to, we have to experience. You have to that. let the men be the men, right? <laughs> let, well, exactly. Let the man be the man. It's let, uh, that's really a misunderstood statement because nobody knows what a man is. So many women will say, you know, one woman wrote to me today, you know, I want a real man, not just a male. <laughs> Look, I'm a male and a man, you know? It's like, what is a real man? Is John Wayne a real man? No, John Wayne is an insecure asshole. Uh, <laughs> he threw women around, he yelled at them, he slapped them, he made fun of them. But that's the old, at least what he did is he protected women. And that's the old fashioned male. You, women did not mind men's uh, inability to be considerate, uh, non-condescending, non-demeaning. Uh, women, men were that way, but women didn't mind it. Just like you don't mind an ugly bulldog if he will protect you. <laughs> That's a, that's a great example. Okay, I get it. <laughs> it's, it's just, yeah. uh, you know, the women had a completely different standard. To the extent that you need someone for something that's mm-hmm. important to you, that generates massive estrogen. Yeah. So it's only need that generates estrogen, and it's only estrogen that allows you to feel love. Mm. Okay, so this is what women have to get. that The resistance to needing is the fear. The resistance to need is, is I'll, I'll be needy. And what compounds that neediness, what compounds that fear is the more you deny your needs, Mm. they build up so that when you find, when they show up, they're needy Yeah, because they haven't been attended to for a long time. They become overreactions. Mm. And of course, that's a word we can't say that you're overreacting, but literally all unmet needs when we express them with negative emotions are overreactions okay we're not looking at things in a calm respectful way we 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 as human beings are extremely emotional there's nothing wrong with that as long as we hold it in the right context Mm -hmm. of not using those emotions to manipulate others to change but use those emotions to change change ourselves to change ourselves Take those negative emotions and come back to what you do want. 
a simple concept to understand that is how often women don't know what they want. Often nobody knows what they want until they experience what they don't want. Exactly. All That's right. so true. Um, you have to be heartbroken and, you know, this shovel completely, you know, emotionally messed up for you to actually like go look for the answers because, you know, you were living in this life that you're supposed to have. But then I'm like, wait a second, I have everything on paper, but I'm super unhappy. Something is not right here, right? And then yeah. I have to go through like a meltdown, a <laughs> mental meltdown brain basically to start actually looking for the answers, you know, like start really doing, okay, if I'm doing something wrong, I, I feel like it, when you start asking questions, the answers come to you. But sometimes because you're denying it to yourself, you're lying to yourself, you're not even asking those questions. So the universe is not gonna provide you the answers anyway. Is exactly it. And you know, what's so interesting is anybody can kind of get, well, I don't want this. I don't want this. It beca you become clearer and clearer about what you do want. Okay. If, if you give yourself permission to now, a lot of people don't even give themselves permission to look at what they do want because they look at what they don't want as evidence that they can't get what they want. Wow. Okay, so it's, it's literally, well, I can't get here. I can't get here. Well, then I just don't want it instead of looking at whenever you get what you don't want in life, say, okay, I'm now learning what it is I don't want. What is it that I do want? What is it that I do want? And don't let your experiences keep you from looking at what you want. It's a good exercise for people every day, even to write out three things I want and get really good at it where you can write out a hundred things in a couple of minutes. Yeah. Just what you want, what you want, what you want. But what you do is you listen to yourself from the point of view, of, I'm not going to think about if it's possible. I'm not going to think about whether it's realistic. I'm not going to think about if I can do it. I'm not going to think about how I can do it. Mm -hmm. Only because those things I just mentioned keep you from feeling what's inside of you. Yeah. The burning fire, you know, like the one that you trust yourself. Yes. It's just literally listening to yourself. This is called self-reflection. And the way you find this more what you want is look more at what you don't want. And the way you even wake up to what is it I don't want is negative emotions. They serve you to make you become aware of what it is you don't want, where then you now become aware of what your determination, your need, your intention, your desire for what you do want becomes stronger if you let go of the negative emotion. Yeah. If you hold on to the negative emotion, then it just reinforces, I don't want this and I can't have what I want. Mm -hmm. it, it's the sense of, can I have it? Yeah. If you go, oh, you know, I can't, I, I don't like this. I don't like this. What do I do want? Why well, can't have that? So I'm not even going to think about that. Yeah. So you just want to go without having to think, can I have it? Just imagine. That's why you, you imagine, just use your imagination. Because most of the time, powerful. Yes. powerful. it holds you to your darkest moments. And I always tell uh, girls, you know, don't be afraid to want more from life. They're so scared to even wanting to even desiring everything, you know, you can't be scared of your like wildest dream because if somebody else did it, you know, so can you, in my opinion. If it's right for you. You yeah, see, there, exactly. there's something called, there's a lot of different things that cause our desires, okay? It's literally like, literally watching that convention caused me to want chips, okay? That's <laughs> it. I mean, I see that. That's a, that's, I, it was the stress of being lied to uh, over and over the manipulation of lying. Whenever we listen to people that are not being authentic and true, a part of us, we want to believe, you know, we want to connect, you know, we're loving people. We want to make what you say real. 
And so if I make what you say real and you're actually lying to me, or you're withholding the truth, or you're only giving one side of the story, and I'm merging with you, what I've just done is merge with a lie that mm. keeps me from knowing who I am. Mm. But if you're, if you're telling the truth of who you are and I merge with that, then I find another piece of who I am because the truth is we're all, we're all one. Mm. So that's where loving intimate conversation occurs. If I can actually merge with what you share and it's authentic, authentic expression of the best of you, not just negativity. Exactly. So when, you're, when your heart is open and I merge with you, I get to find a new part of myself, which is so beautiful. You know, I get to have this conversation with you today. I get to hear a part of me that I wasn't even aware of. And you get to hear a part of your inner wisdom that you weren't aware of. We, we grow symbiotically through relationship. It's the most powerful thing there is. And the female side of a woman needs to be embraced and you you've hit some key points today which is do less yeah <laughs> feel more okay uh, allow men to be there for you let the man be your vibrator not the vibrator uh this is but i do since you tired started out with sex right away i i, I feel <laughs> obligation to let people know that even if a man is doing it and he just goes down touches your clitoris not healthy for you uh, I know that we have a group here in San Francisco that's spread around the country. She's written a book. And the essence of it is a good idea, which is, uh, it's called Oming, orgasmic meditation. Have you heard of that? I tried it, it does work. Okay, so, but over time it's like using a vibrator. Yes. I just want you to know that. It's, um, and you so, lubricate a lot as well, it's crazy. <laughs> I only say it again? You lubricate a lot, it's like crazy. Like you tell your body what to do. <laughs> okay, why, why don't you tell everybody what oming is? So not everybody knows that. No, you tell because I think this is no, the one that I said. You meditate no. and then you are like having an orgasmic experience, almost like not sleeping in this like uh, supernova state, right? And okay, then your so body feels as if somebody's touching you. So th and nobody's touching you. You feel as somebody's touching you, but nobody's touching you. Okay, now that's a different oming. This is something, I, I thought it was something different. Okay, so what's happening is uh, <laughs> that that's a very far out thing. Uh, the, nothing wrong with what you just described, if you can do that. But the, the, um, there's a group here where women who can't have orgasm, they go to, it's kind of a bit of a cult. And four times a day, they, they all work in this little community with a health food store and so forth. This is how it started. And then they'd ring a bell, and I think it's three or four times a day, and they go up to the big room and pretend all the women undress from the waist down, naked. <laughs> And the guys, and they all lay down on the floor and the guys with their finger stimulate their clitoris for uh, 10 to 15 minutes. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. And they're not married, they don't have relationships, it's that, but it's not totally random. It's someone that you has taken the class and so they all know their skills, but you have a partner and he holds her in a certain way and he stimulates her clitoris. And the whole time he just does that. He doesn't, ha keeps his clothes on, he doesn't, she doesn't touch him in any way and she basically just gives feedback on what she experiences wow so it's a very unique experience and you know i think all these sort of sex education things could be very helpful as a in a limited way but it's so uh far away from real intimacy but what it trains women the benefit of that is that a lot of women can't climax and can't have an orgasm with a man because they're so insecure they're trying to please him 
Right. Yeah. See, sex is always about being pleased for a woman. Yeah. And, and men are premature ejaculators because they become more about pleasing themselves rather than her. Yeah. Okay. So there, he's too far on his female side. He'll tend to be premature and she's too far on her male side. Uh, she'll tend to, um, she'll, she, what she'll tend, often she can't orgasm at all. She's in her head too much. No, and not like she's that. In, yeah. She's in, she's in her head. She can't surrender. She can't let go. But there is a place where a woman can be in her head and masturbate. And it's, she's just building a tension that does create a surrender and a release. But you have to build a tension up in order to get that release. You mm -hmm. sort of grab it and push for it and push for it. It needs to be non-goal oriented. And that's the good thing about this, this goaling technique is there's no goal to have an orgasm for women. But the intention behind it is eventually overcome your resistance to having orgasm. Yeah. And, and so, but one of the things I found for women is what keeps them from having orgasm is giving too much to the man and him receiving too much. Yeah. So literally, if ever in sex, I'm having more pleasure than her, she will have less pleasure, right? Okay, if I'm getting more pleasure, her ability to experience more pleasure will become less. Yeah. If she experiences more pleasure, I'm free from my attachment to pleasure. Yeah. Ultimately, that's the ultimate orgasm for me is I have no need to ejaculate or have an orgasm. I've just done this amazing thing for her. So mm -hmm. for men, it's the extreme detachment from attachment to pleasure where you are experiencing ecstasy, yeah. which is ecstasy is defined as being outside one's body. You're actually in her body while she has this orgasm and you're outside your own and you're doing it to her. This is total freedom. Uh, it, it's a, these are sort of ecstatic type things, but I want to mention that Touching her clitoris, though, is bad for her if it's just the clitoris. Now, there was a benefit to that as a sort of a therapeutic process. But these are the things women need to be have little orgasms long before she gets to her clitoris. The first one is the breathing orgasm. You know how if you're with a man and you suddenly just have automatic breath? You know how your breath is? Yeah, yeah. Ah, okay. You see, we, we, we quickly jump beyond that. That's, that's the potential for a beautiful orgasm. Not, they're all different kinds of orgasms, but it's a peak of pleasure. You think with this motion, you create the, the motion, like by the breathing first? Well, see, some people, they, see, they misunderstand this, okay, at least from my perspective, mm -hmm. is let's just sit down and breathe together, okay? That's not my thing. My thing is, it's too controlled for me. It's, I'm, I'm turned on to you. I just want to start slowly undressing you and having you undress me as we, we hug and we connect, maybe a little kissing, it's whatever it takes to feel, to start automatically feeling aroused. Mm. Arousal will increase your blood, will increase blood flow down south, which allows, which requires more breathing. Yeah. So and that's the automatic breath. So there's a difference between consciously breathing and letting your body Love. automatically breathe. So now you're just holding each other and touching each other. You're slowly taking off clothes. He's more visual. He needs to see parts of your body slowly being revealed. And his breathing will change. See, a lot of people want to jump right to, you know, you can just go right to his penis and start pulling on it. His breathing will change. You want your breathing to change without stimulation of the clitoris or the breasts or kissing. That's the first um, orgasm. I'm going to try that. You need to be turned on. I mean, basically, don't have sex unless you're turned on to somebody. So you're basically, you're, you're making the moves. You might do a little kissing and touching, but it's just a gentle foreplay. 
and and maybe uh, looking each other's eyes and saying, "I love you, I love you. Why are you with me? I love you." Something like that. But you want to ex experience the excitement. So now breathing is happening. And as I talk about sex, there's no right always the same way. Okay, but these are general things where we miss very clearly quickly. There's automatic breathing. That's arousal. All right. So let yourself go with the breathing and feel joining and just letting your body be automatic in its breath, not even trying to connect with the other partner's breath, just being aware of your own breath, be aware of their breath, knowing that we're both getting aroused together. Mm -hmm. So there's a connection of, of breath. Now let yourself fully surrender into that and enjoy the pleasure of this is automatic breath. Step one, then comes step two, kissing. Kissing is so, so important. So important. They're, they're, men go right by quick and quick kissing so quickly. And what I had to do is remember what it was like to be in eighth grade making out with the girls. I could make out all night. Yeah. We didn't even know about intercourse. I didn't know about intercourse. I just thought sex was kissing and touching breasts and vaginas and that was it, you know? So there's, it was, <laughs> so, you know, we're all having sex. So, but kissing, we would kiss and kiss and kiss. Blood has to flow to these lips first. They have to become bigger and then comes the desire to touch tongues. Tongues is very, very important to activate all the energies of the body. And have a question. Man, was that? I have a question. Is yeah. there any way that you can lubricate down there as a woman if you don't lubricate in the mouth? No. You can't, right? Like you have to go no. together. You need to get the mouth needs to be water flowing in the mouth long before you're going to have it flow down there. Because, you know, some girls tell me, like, the guy wasn't a good kisser. Maybe I should try ha having sex with him. I'm like, no, don't. Because if you like his kid, what would you like having sex with him? That's exactly right. If this right? is where the lubrication starts in the mouth yeah. and then down south. And actually, the vagina is two sets of lips. There are actually little That's lips exactly. down there. So you start with lip number one. Nature's giving you some help there. <laughs> the pre- <laughs> right, is the appetizer. So breathing and kissing. And as you're kissing, you're touching and caressing. But with kissing, the key to this, and there needs to be the permission for women to penetrate the tongue into his mouth. It's very important. What do you mean permission? I usually just go right in. Yeah, that's good. permission. <laughs> yeah, that's permission. Permission to go in. Uh, when you're ready, it's, you know, you just look at, it's not like you try to do any of this stuff. You wait till your body wants to do it. Exactly. A lot of people, women want to do it, but they don't have permission for it. Mm. And so men, you're just sort of poking a little bit in inside, just a little bit to give her permission to come into you. But see, that's her balancing her energies of when she's opening and kissing and touching, then finally she's going to start feeling this thrusting energy with her tongue. Yeah. So that's the sign when she's thrusting in the tongue. Now you're, you're basically touching her whole body. Now the whole body's waking up. You've got the breathing, you've got the kissing. Now you're, you're, your body needs to move around, around the sort of spontaneous movements where you're squeezing and holding her and pressing the body close to hers. There's a squeezing that happens, okay? That can be very ecstatic, just that's orgasmic, just moving all the joints. The joints actually become all lubricated just before the vagina, the joints are gonna get so you're, you're just moving around. Yeah, exactly. You're just enjoying the movement of your body together. This is Taoist philosophy, okay? I'm not saying everybody has to do it, but I'm just saying this is- oh, I believe it. I've been in abstinence and I'm feeling like sick in my body. <laughs> it's not normal. <laughs> I say that again? I don't feel like completely healthy because I've been practicing as a celibate. I've been celibate for a couple months now and I can feel like my body's weird now. 
No, you need it. You need to lubricate your joints, yeah. sexual arousal. All these people with arthritis, they need to like, don't miss by. There's this lubrication that happens in your mouth, then your whole body. So you've got, you've got the breathing, you've got the kissing, then you've got moving the body around and hugging and squeezing and feeling just the energies in your body connecting with pressure against your body and moving your body a bit. Then the next is... And you can keep doing this throughout the whole thing, by the way, but you want to develop breathing, kissing, uh, body movements, then you get breasts. Now, breast is really important. Now, some women I've been with, they don't want to have their breasts touched. And, you know, I go, okay, no big deal. And some women never want their nipples touched. Okay, if she doesn't want to, that's all right. I'll do other things. But from the Taoist philosophy, if, you, if a man squeezes your nipples or sucks on your nipples before you're aroused, it doesn't feel good. But if you go through the three stages, theoretically, oh, circling the breast for a while, then sucking on the nipples is a massive benefit to grace. Nipples have to be like hard already, right? Yeah, they should be hard. They should come up and be hard before he sucks on them. Otherwise, yeah. you circle them. And, and you circle the breasts and you tease her. So there's a teasing place where you circle places and then you get to the places. So now you're gonna to get to the two points before you get to the one point down south. All right, so the circling, and if a woman doesn't have erogenous zones in her breasts, it's, she's vulnerable for breast cancer. She needs to like recognize, and this is a Taoist. I have no medical, modern medical research saying this, but basically- think, um, Wayne Dyer talks about this as well, right? I don't know this. He said, what does he say? He was, he was talking about the Tao, so like how everything is connected to like your, your energy, your spirit, and your body. And certain cancers come from not fulfilling that energetic need in your body. Yeah, well, that, that's a very broad and much bigger thing. I'm not saying the only reason for breast cancer, but you'll get lumps. And lumps is basically stagnant blood flow. And so what they do in Taoism, and they teach women, you need to every day spend some time massaging your breasts until it feels good. And if there's places that are painful, gently massage them. It should always feel really, really good to yourself, touching yourself to a slight low, low, low level of arousal. You should be able to arouse yourself slight level with, with touching your breasts. That's where you want to be to. So, so when he finally gets to your breasts, you're longing for it to be touched. And then you get the nipple action, then he sucks on them. So that's level four. Okay, now what we have is Level five, when you get erect nipples and your joints are all loose and you've had this wonderful kissing and you're going back and forth around all those things, you know, it's back and forth, you know, one level, then you, it's like the Chinese, what they do is they have this show where they spin one plate and then they spin another plate on a, on a pup pole and another one, then you have to go back and spin the others and keep them all spinning. You see, you don't just stop kissing and be done with it. You got to come back and kiss again, you know, and then you got to come back. You. My media, my media guys are really enjoying this conversation. They're learning so much. Today. <laughs> I, I'm watching them and they're like trying to figure out how to go back and forth. <laughs> and they're, very, they're very young. They're getting like a massive oh. listener right now. One on one. And they're like trying to visualize it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, so, so you, see the, the thing, men, you need to know, I'll just let those guys know. They're right here. Come and say hi guys. <laughs> What your job is in sex is to get her to want sex as much as you want sex. Can, can you repeat this one more time, please? Yeah. They, no, they need to learn. How's it going, man? How's it going? Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your job... Very smart guy, really. Uh, your job is to get her to want sex more than you want sex. See? 
You don't expect a woman to want it right away. You're born to want it right away. She's born to hold back until you prove yourself. So you have to tease her. So all these things is building up her desire to go down south. You don't have to worry about that. You already start every morning you wake up and it's there. Okay. You have to help her come from her head down there. So you're starting. And when you're kissing her in the beginning, you're not just kissing the mouth. Okay. You're kissing her ears, your neck, you know, just a good kiss on the neck can drive a woman wild, you know, blowing into her ear, blowing behind her ear, touching behind her ear, just warm breath. These are all, and it, you know, if you're in a, I wouldn't make love to anybody unless I love them anyway, but a sweet, I love you. You're so beautiful. Just tender little things in her ear. These are the things that excite women as much as naked bodies excite us. Words excite women like naked bodies excite us. So, you know, my partner says, talk to me a while. <laughs> you have something to say to me. <laughs> I said, yes, I love you. And, and why do I love you? You're beautiful, you're sweet, you're caring, you're fun, you're innocent, you're heartfelt, you're spiritual, you're so delightful, you're so smart, you're so helpful. I can't imagine anybody being any more wonderful than you. It's the same stuff. You should be able to rattle off 20 things anytime just like that, why you love her. You know, and it's not just her body, but that needs to be included in there. So now you've got a good sense of humor. You laughed at my joke the other day. It was so fun being with you. I'd be, I'd be so alone without you. You mean so much to me. <laughs> just, you got, you got to give her some words to all this stuff. Okay. <laughs> but that's where you just, that's a little sweet talk and, and they're touching around the ears, the head, mouth, kissing, French kissing, tongue interaction moving the body around, squeezing the body, that's getting all the joints moving. Then what you do is you're doing circling the breasts, circling the breasts, coming back up to the neck. So that's teasing her, coming here and then going away, coming and going away to find those nipples are strong. That's where you start going on your tongue action and you suck on her nipples. And you suck, you flick your tongue on them, you circle them, you just do different things. Right. The key is, it's variety. Women wanna feel, what's he doing now? Oh, what did he do there? What's he doing here? It's just, it's hard to even tell what he's doing, but you just do it, don't worry about it, just do it. Just suck, move your tongue around, flick it, and she might make noises. Whenever she makes noises, here's the most important rule for men to know. If you get a response, I, Oh, oh, like she's making a noise. Whatever you just did, continue doing it. Oh. See, this is the mistake <laughs> we make. You know, if somebody was giving you a little neck massage and then you said, oh, okay, okay, thank you. You think you're, you're almost communicating, it's over, okay, I'm done now. But when a woman makes a sexual response, it means keep going. Harder. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> and, and if she, if she pushes, it means hard. Okay. Sometimes, sometimes it means softer. Okay. Some, but but the voice. She, I think there's four four, <laughs> four words. Four words women need to know in sex. One is harder. One slower. One softer. Uh, one's harder, softer, slower, faster. Those four words. Just you need the accelerator and the and the brake. You got to know that part. And she's got to direct you on that stuff. But always, when you get the response, keep doing whatever you're doing until it settles down. Literally, you kind of think, well, I already did that. Do it again, 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 do it again. Sometimes put your elbow up and go, okay, look at the clock. I don't know how long I'll do this, but I'm going to do it. 
she <laughs> she lets you know when she settles down in her tones. So there's kind of a feedback loop where you know you're doing the right thing. All right, so now you got breast action. Now you want to go down. Yeah, start okay. feeling around. Yeah, we're you, right? we're <laughs> okay. back here. Yeah, go back to the video. Go back to the video. Okay. You, you always you want to check around now the vagina. You want to go down there and check to see if there's lubrication. And so you very gently start putting your finger into the labia to open it up a little bit and you're feeling around. Now there's two sets of lips and they all are erogenous, touching the whole vagina area. So I touch well, you can touch and then go down the thigh and then come back up. That's teasing again, letting that area know it's gonna be addressed now. So you're slowly coming up towards the clitoris. You don't just go straight to the clitoris. Thighs inside, coming inside of her underwear, pulling her underwear down, pulling it up. That's another teasing thing. Even taking her bra off is a teasing thing. Every guy should go to her closet and learn how to unlock her bras. Okay, yeah. this is like you become the master lover if with one hand you can unflick her bra and there's three types of snaps and sometimes there's a snap in the front. So you wanna become like expert of being able to undo bras with your eyes closed. And is this just from like, Mars and Venus in the bedroom? Yeah. I, I also, I also read, I'm yeah. gonna go to the voice. <laughs> this is Mars, Venus in the bedroom. Yeah. That's, that's so, a great one, by the way, I love that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, and Mars, Venus in the bedroom, I don't go through the nine orgasms, but I do all this other stuff. But so the, it's just not, it's not taught in the Taoist context. It's just, I give the information, but I like the Taoist structure just to know there's this structure of actual points, energetic points in the body. So, and the point we're kind of getting to is now we're getting to the clitoris and the clitoris, if you push it hard, it will go numb unless it's erect, just like the nipples. You don't want to wow, squeeze them. It will go numb. You have to have to build up and like, she has to get feet. Yeah. She has to give feedback that she's ready for it to go hard. And she can do that by just pushing her pelvis forward. You know, if he's being soft touch, all she has to do is push forward and he goes, okay, she wants it harder. But circling is really, really good until it becomes hard. You can circle it and circle it, then dip back, back up to the, the whole vagina area, the whole set of lips, bringing the fluids up, circling the clitoris, bringing the fluids up, circling the clitoris. And if you're getting responses from her, just keep doing what you're doing. You have circling, you've got the basic up and down movement. And you just keep doing that. You know, it's repetition where she can just sort of sink into it and become a much superior vibrator. <laughs> so but, so you, you're interacting, you know, she feels she's surrendering. She, she's also in control. She needs to feel she's, she's being very vulnerable, which is going into place of powerlessness, vulnerability. She needs to always feel in control, which is by those sounds, you're responding to her sounds and you're sensing where she's coming from. So while she feels in control in the sense of safety, she can completely let go and know that, you know, you're responding in a way that you're taking her where she wants to go is really the ultimate control without her having to do anything except respond naturally. Okay. So now you're giving her, you can give her a, a, a orgasm with your finger. You can do it with your tongue or you can do it with your penis. Now, I've never read this anywhere, but this is, I'll just say is my favorite, is you take your hard penis, and now, long before you go into the vagina, you're circling it with your head of your penis, and you're stimulating her clitoris with, your, with the head of your penis. And you're going down the whole vagina area and getting right to the rim of the vagina, circling around with the head of your penis, circling and circling, dipping in a little bit coming out, dipping in a little bit coming out. What that does, it creates in her 
the awareness, yeah, come on more, come on more, and don't give it to her, okay? She's gonna start making you come in. See, that's the whole thing. You want her to want you more than you're wanting her. That's Not that you don't crazy. want her. <laughs> What's that? That teaching drives us crazy. <laughs> that's right. Women want you to drive them crazy. And that's the, fe the female side ultimately is non-rational. Yeah. It's non-logical. The male side, and every, every woman has it, but every man has it. We all have a, an emotional, non-rational, non-logical side. It's in, into intuition. It's intuitive. It's one with the universe. It's the creative source of the universe. But then we have this, this logical side. If we didn't have the logical side, we would just be one with the universe. We'd do nothing, okay? So we've got both sides of us. And what you're doing through all of this, men, is you're helping her go back to her emotional side where there's no mind, getting her out of her head. And you're getting into this vast uh, detachment and freedom state. And it's also massively pleasurable through her pleasure. See, there's a oneness. You know, if, if you're a parent out there listening, it's think about how your children's happiness is your happiness. You know, you live for your children at some point. They, if they're happy about something, you're so happy. And that is ultimately the secret of great success in life is in your 40s and 50s, truly the happiness of other people is your greatest source of happiness. Not just your family, but other people. When you can make a difference, then the world really responds to you. And truly, if you're a baker and you see the smile on people's faces and you're always looking for better recipes and how to improve yourself so that you're going to get a healthier family out there of people buying from you, those are the people who become your big fans. You see, this is all tied into success and health and happiness and so forth. Coming back to the vaginas, you're going in and out just a little bit. Now you go one and a half inches in. So you've got the, the clitoris and then you're teasing her with the opening of the vagina to an orgasmic kind of state, okay? So she's experiencing a huge amount of pleasure here. Then you go an inch and a half in. Uh, even start by going an inch and inch, then an inch and a half, and you'll hit the G spot. Now you can become familiar with the G spot by putting your finger in one and a half inches generally. So if you were putting your finger from above, putting it up, imagine uh, stroking the vagina behind where her clitoris is, is basically what you're doing. You're, you're stroking the back side of the clitoris in her vagina. You'll feel it's about the size of a quarter. Uh, there's a rough spot. It's like rough and it will become rougher. It actually comes out like a little erection and it needs to be pressed hard. So you push on that, you push on that, you push on that. That's where different positions are good because if you take her from behind, you can get a good pressure on that spot at that point, pushing in, pushing in on the G spot and she'll have another orgasm there. If she's had a clitor orgasm first and go to the G spot orgasm, then after she's had that orgasm, now you're gonna to go to another uh, inch inside and there's something which scientists call the E-spot, another erogenous zone. They just call it another inch inside. And you, you go to that spot and she'll have another different kind of orgasm. It's even more fantastic orgasm. And generally you can get a, a clitoral orgasm, a G-spot orgasm, an E-spot orgasm, and those are big orgasms. And at certain times of the month, uh, she will have generally close to ovulation, somewhere around that time, uh, around that time, she'll have a, uh, a C-spot. Now C-spot is where her, her cervix, which is the end of the vagina, will come down and it will actually want you to, it will like kiss the tip of your penis and it feels fantastic when that happens. Now, if your penis is really long, you might be able to hit the end right away, but that doesn't feel good to her. She has just like a nipple, you wanna wait till it comes down 
and it's like fireworks. Every, every thrust is an orgasm at that point when you're touching the C spot. But you have to really build her body up. It has to build up to that place. And you have to have the stamina to do that. And, you know, some cases that might be two hours if you want to go for the big gusto. That's like a weekend. <laughs> sex. Uh, but, it, you know, this takes training. Now, how do you train? See, what guys do is they just stick their penis in. Okay, what you just did is you overstimulated your penis with four times more energy than it could handle. Oh, so wow. you, your estrogen levels shoot up and you have an ejaculation. What you have to do is slow, slowly build into taking your body to absorb that much energy, that much pleasure. So you're teasing her by only going a little bit in. She wants more pleasure. That's her thing. Her game is to have more and more and more. Your game is not to let too much come in, too much pleasure come in. You have to slowly let it build and build and build. So as you go in an inch, then you come out, then you come in and an inch and a half, go in, go out, go out, then a little bit deeper, then then a little bit, little bit, little bit, then go in that one and a half, two inches. So you're teasing her all the time and she's gonna try to make you go all the way in. Uh, just like you in the beginning wanted to go all the way in. She wants you in, you don't give it to her. You keep teasing her, you know, she begs you sometimes, you know, and sometimes she wants to jump on top of you so she can get the whole thing inside of her and you let her jump on for a moment and give her one or two and then throw her off. You know, you wanna be in control of regulating yourself, not from the point of view of, gee, I can't last, but in the, from the point of view of, I'm not giving it to you yet because you're not ready. Because mm -hmm. you've got to get her, you know, she's got to completely surrender to you before you're going to take her all the way inside. Yeah. So literally, this will build up her energy if you give and take back, give and take back, give and take back. And it's alternating the male-female polarity at that point. So the way you do that, it would be a little bit boring if you just had one position. So you'll see in all of the tantric texts and the Taoist checks, the 5,000 year old systems of sex, because see people didn't have TV, so they had plenty of sex. They learned about sex. We're all just watching TV, draining away our life force, okay? So, but, so if you have nothing but stars in the evening and no lights, you just have sex a lot. So they learned a lot about sex. So they made different positions. Now the point of different positions, okay, variety is, is good, of course, and it also has certain health benefits, different positions, because different points are touched. But the big point of it is a man should notice about a minute before he's gonna ejaculate, that before, right before he ejaculates, which we call orgasm uh, often, is that's called the point of no return. You can't control yourself. You can't stop, okay? It's gonna happen. And you never wanna stop that from happening. What you wanna do is notice about a minute out from when that's gonna happen. And when you're a minute or 30 seconds away from that happening, what you do is you just pull out. Just pull out instantly. Just pop out. She goes, what happened? Just pull out. Doesn't matter. Just pull out fast, just like really fast. Now we're moving on to the next. And you move her body around. You push her into another position. You lift her up, you curl her this way. You know, you look in the books, go online, see all the different positions. Just put her in that position. Women love being put in positions. Okay, yep. they just, it's like, they wanna surrender. I'm your doll, just move me around and, and do me. And so, and you just keep doing her. And, as soon, and that could be even if you're only in one position for two minutes, fine, then go to another one, you know. Don't, she wants you to just do it, do it, do it. You don't give it to her. And because you know she needs to build up to surrender 
as opposed to grab her orgasm. Because if she grabs her orgasm, you're going to have a premature ejaculation and she's going to have a low level orgasm. And you're not going to be able to give it to her. If you grab it, if a woman grabs it, it's a low level orgasm. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And usually if she starts, as soon as she starts to grab it, he ejaculates. Mm. Have you ever noticed that? That when you really get into it, a guy's finished? <clears throat> I'm sorry. No? That's very good. That's very good. I'm surprised your needy husband could have provided that for you. We, we can't talk about that right now. <laughs> okay, we can't um, talk about him right now. Yeah, right. Let's, let's about this. I, I understand this is all private, private stuff, but generally men who are very on their female side really don't. Uh, I was just going to tell you, like now that I'm experiencing, I had an experience with a very masculine, uh, you know, giving men in bed. It's a completely different experience for women. And you know what turns us on even more? Commitment, trust, safety. And I don't know why girls have such a hard time saying that we need commitment, trust, and safety, you know? When we feel safe, then we can truly be vulnerable and open up, you know? And That's I have right. another problem. We're probably gonna have to do another, um, another video about this too because this was very interesting. Um, I want to also help women not lie to themselves about the open relationship and swinger thing, you know? Because they don't want the guy to cheat, that they are practicing open relationships, but not for them, for the guy. And then what happens is they're not feeling safe anyway. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, that went pretty fast for me. Tell me that one again. I know you wanted to have another conversation on it, so I didn't fully get oh. it. Tell me that again. Oh, uh, no. Uh, because it's probably a whole other uh, topic. The, what really turns us on is being, you know, feeling safe, trust. Yes, safe, commitment, and trust. Yes. Yeah. And lately, I've been hearing a lot of women practicing this open relationship and like, I don't care, you know, if my husband like, has like, a swinging party or like an open relationship, whatever it is. And they do it because of the fear of being cheated on and then the husband is going to leave or the boyfriend is going to leave. So they're, they're not really doing it because they like it sexually. They're doing it because they want to lie to themselves and say that it's okay to please. Uh, I completely agree with you. In my experience, okay, I was a therapist where women have been very supportive of their husbands having affairs and so forth. Wow. It was because the fear is that if I don't say yes, I'll lose him. So I'll get into it. This is what everybody's doing. So I'm going to do it and whatever. But actually it's the, and, and there can be some arousal produced by that without a doubt. However, what allows you to sustain attraction for your partner is monogamy. Women need to feel the safety and commitment and trust. But there are also, you have a lot of men who, a lot of sexless marriages as well, and there's commitment and trust uh, because they're, they're not authentically themselves. They're also lying to themselves about their sexual needs. Yeah. They're denying the fact that they want sex. And about open relationships, I'm totally into monogamy. However, if I was married to a woman and she did not enjoy sex, but I wanted to keep my family together and we didn't have a good sex life, if, if it, I'll, I'll just turn it the other way, first of all, if, if I, my wife wanted more sex and I wasn't able to provide for her the fulfillment she needed, and we had a family, I'd say, honey, I'm going to find you a man that will take care of you wow. because you have a need to be fulfilled. And I really have no problem with that at all. Wow. And, and they actually did studies that show that men who can't perform for their wives, if they actually know their wife's having another relationship he produces more sperm and more testosterone wow and if he actually watches her have sex uh, i've done this in one relationship not with my wife but before in a committed relationship and watched her have sex with another man uh i got so turned on it was unbelievable wow 
<laughs> because they, men are bi biologically <laughs> and, and the same thing should be true for women. If, if you're, if you see this whole thing about divorcing your partner just because they had an affair, that nobody gets divorced over an affair. People get divorced because they have a lousy relationship, which exactly. led to an affair. Mm -hmm. And they like, and the per and often we don't want to blame our, if we just say, I'm in a lousy relationship and I want a divorce, you kind of go, oh, everybody's going to look at me like I, I'm a failure. But no, my husband had an had affair. That's why I'm going to leave. Now I get to be a victim. And so I get to leave. The worst way to leave a relationship is as a victim, to recognize as you said in the beginning of this, you got married to the wrong guy. He's a needy guy and you deny your own needs inside. So you picked the wrong guy. You did. And so now you're learning how to get in touch with your feminine side and be really attractive to men and have, and that will then allow you to attract what you call a real man who's very considerate, but also he was able to think of your needs and sex and provide them. Yeah. That's what masculinity is about is providing what you need, not as much what he needs. Although he has to take care of himself. He does that for himself. And then he has more left over to give to you. Yeah. You as a woman have to also take care of yourself so that when he does give to you, you can really enjoy that more. He should yeah. be the dessert. Men are not the main meal. Yeah. Men are dessert. <laughs> suddenly we're not so picky about life. And suddenly we don't have to have dessert all the time. It's not good for you anyway. You want your main meal is the most important thing. So yeah, so we talked a lot about sex. That was all fun. Uh, we need to